2: It is Monday. It is May. It is the 17th of May. I'm not Stevie T. PFL. He is out for the day. Don't worry. He'll be back tomorrow. So you only have to deal with me once today. But I'm Ter Ferguson and this is the Morning Grind Baseball Edition. I'm joined by the great Chief Justice 06, Will Priester. How are you doing over there, buddy?
3: I'm good, man. Uh Let me say this. Regular season NBA has finally, finally come to an end. I grinded feels like every moment of it. And uh, I can't wait for some playoff DFS investments because, you know, you know, it's coming every year, but it's still, you just, you just can't prepare for all the shenanigans that are going to take place. It, it's, it's unbelievable. J- just unbelievable.
2: Yeah. No, I'm so happy that the regular season is over. I just, it was destroying my soul for so long so now that it's only baseball my life is absolutely fantastic but we got a nice little eight game slate not too big not too small i'm excited for it. you ready to get this thing broken down let's do it all right first game on the slate we got mets going up against the braves Teon walker going up against max freed seven and a half total the Braves are 122 favorite. Let's start off with Walker here. Price a little bit high up at 9.1k. You have any interest in him on
3: the slate? Oh man, I mean the thing is, without Ronald Acuna at leadoff to scare us, it feels like this could be a chance to take a shot on Walker. As, as an Atlanta Braves fan, I'm just I'm just not going to do it. Walker Walker has been serviceable. But I, you know, and I did play Freddie Peralta from Milwaukee for what it's worth. So I don't want anybody to think I won't attack Atlanta. But, but I, you know, I, I feel like Freddie Peralta has uh, immense more upside than than Taiwan Walker. And, and I, I don't, I don't think it's close. So for me, you know, when I look at, let's, let's say we look at Taiwan Ty, uh, Walker's numbers here. <sighs> I, I just don't see how this is going to work out. And I'm pulling up just 2021, okay? He's got a 3.3 X FIP, which is, nope, my bad, wrong picture. He's got a 4.7 X FIP, but a 23.9% K percentage. He's walking guys at an 11% clip. I, j- I can't do it. I-, I-, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, he's got some patient hitters. Freddie Freeman's rounding a corner. Uh, this smells like a disaster.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, Walker is definitely a guy that has pitched way better than his underlying numbers show. I mean, like you said, he's only just slightly above average K rate guy, walks a lot of guys, really not a great exit, hasn't been a good pitcher. But the guy's sitting at a 42% hard contact rate with just average fly balls. And he's only allowed at 33 iso of the left side of the plate, 75 iso to the right side of the plate. He's due for some huge negative regression, especially versus lefties. And this could be the spot, it could not be the spot, but in case it's priced at 9.1K, I want no part of him. What about Max Freed over on the other side? This is a guy that's a good real life pitcher. Pitch counts getting up almost to 100 pitches. Solid guy. And the price tag just seems a bit too low on the slate. 3.6 run total going up against him. Are you going to be using a lot of Freed on the slate?
3: Uh, I don't want to say a lot, but I think, you know he's kind of getting in that range now where if he gets you 20 to 25 at this price, like I'll accept that. I'll, I'll accept that on DK. So I don't think he's at the absolute, you know, top of my list, but I I definitely think, you know, in terms of this grouping, you know, and we've got some guys that are okay. Um, But I, I think he's, he's probably like my number three guy in this group. The seven, I feel like the mid seven K group is kind of going to be, the de the, the facto sp2 group and i don't want to get ahead of the pie, but you know yep. freed and freed in the game feels like this is like that little group he's probably third on that group but i still don't hate it
2: yeah no i I'd probably, probably second we'll get to the number one guy later because it's a real obvious spot and clear <laughs> mispricing but uh yeah I think freed is number two and yeah you're right a lot of people some people will probably either be double barreling uh sp1 or they'll be doing sitting right in the 7K range at SP 2 But free to me, is probably the se- second-best point-per-dollar play on the entire slate. Everything grades out well. Above-average strikeout. rate guy a little bit, but big ground ball pitcher. Very good pitcher. Going up against a decent amount of lefties in this lineup. But just grades out as a good spot for him. Uh, what about over on the Mets side? Any interest in these bats?
3: Oh, man. I mean, not particularly. I don't, you know... And I don't think these guys are bad. Like Pete Alonzo's 4,800. I feel like this is just kind of a one-off spot for me. Now, I will say this. If we uh, – let me check something real quick here. If the weather is in this game's favor, I would be more apt to invest in maybe both sides of this game. Like, if we, if we get something where these guys are in the 80s in Atlanta, like, I, I'm going to feel – I feel totally differently about kind of about this game, because I do think the warmth as the temperatures get warmer. I know we haven't really seen the ball flying as much. I think the ball is going to start flying around a little bit more. And I know they dejuiced the ball. So, so to speak, and um, you know, supposedly pitchers have got this new substance they can use that gets them more revolutions. You know, you can go out and read those articles on your own, but if, if the temperatures pick up, I do think I would be interested in some of these, like, like Pete Alonzo guys that have some power that can take it out of the park. Um, that's kind of where I would be. James McCann. Is it too expensive? I, I don't hate that as well. Um, but overall, I, I'm just kind of a, in a one-off situation for the Mets, not a stack.
2: Yeah, I think that's the right thing. Like, Freed is a really good real-life pitcher, good ground ball pitcher. So, I want a guy with power that can get the ball in the air. And that's Pete Alonzo. He's really the only guy I'm interested in. What we'll right about over on the Braves' side? Like I said, Tan Walker is due for a whole lot of negative aggression. Might be in to get beat up in this spot here. Do you have any interest in the Braves?
3: Yeah, man. I was, um, I was actually on the road today, headed back home. And um, I was actually listening to the Braves baseball podcast. That tells you what kind of fan I am. And uh, they were just talking about the two, three, four hitters only hitting like right above 200 on the season. And of course, the manager expects that to come around because his two, three, four hitters are Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna and Ozzy Alves. And I just think in this spot, this feels like a great opportunity to take kind of, you know, the heart of the order. Uh, You know, for Cunha were to end up back in the lineup, that'd be even more fantastic. But this two, three, four, Freddie, Ozuna, Albies, I'm very interested uh, in them today, and uh, I think this is a fantastic spot. I mean, Vegas only has them projected for four runs, but I'm telling you, if the weather's in their favor, I would absolutely be loading up on the Braves.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, Tan Walker has been a whole lot worse versus lefties and righties so far this season. Like I said, due for a bunch of naked regression, 40% hard contact rate to righties, 47% hard contact rate to lefties by plays over in New York. Like, it's obviously a good pitcher's ballpark. I think he's due to have a bad game coming up here soon, and I don't expect a whole lot of people to be on the Braves, but yeah, you're right. Freeman and Albee's great, great versus them. Obviously, they've been... Not hitting as well as we expected to so far this season, but they're going to come around at some point. This is a perfect spot to kind of jump on it. Ozuna right there with you, and then the rest of the pieces in the lineup. Contreras, Riley, Swanson, all pretty solid bats. So I'm all in for a stack, but the two guys that really stand out are Freeman and Albies, especially if Acuna's not in the lineup, then it makes that a little bit cheaper to stack. But let's move on to the next game here. we got Washington going up against the Cubs, eight and a half over-under in this game, Lester versus Aslay. Let's start off with Lester going up against the Cubs. He's been pitching well so far this season, but the underlying numbers do not point to that continuing. Do you have any interest in Lester at 6.6K? No. All right. Quick and concise. Don't really need to extrapolate on that. He's going to get destroyed here. What about Azaleh over on the other side? guy that we worry about walks in the past, but has actually had his control a little bit, little bit more than normal. This season, still striking out guys at a 31% clip. Always worried about the short leash. Tough matchup going up against Washington with Soto in that lineup. Any interest in Aslay at 8.1K?
3: I don't hate it. Um, I, I think you know he's he's got enough upside. I think you know the thing that 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 I don't want to say scares me, right? Because scares is I I just don't want to say scares. But when I'm looking at this lineup overall, these guys don't strike out a lot, right? but they've got some guys that that are up there like Schwarber, you know, like Victor Robles, if he's going to play. But outside of those guys, Turner, Soto, Zimmerman, you know, uh, Castro, they're not striking out that much. And so <sighs> I think he's just okay. I don't feel like he's better than one of these other 7K pitchers that we're going to get to. It's probably in one of the best spots of the night. But I, uh, at 8,100, I don't mind taking a shot. But mentally for me, especially with my style of play at 8,100, I'd probably just rather go all the way up and get two aces and figure it out from there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't hate Aslay. Like, again, he's a big strikeout pitcher, but you're right, this isn't a terribly high strikeout lineup. I'm still willing to take a shot on him just yet. He's definitely behind free for me, definitely behind Kikuchi. Uh, what about these Washington bats? I mean, aslay has been a lot worse versus lefties than he has versus righties. He's been fantastic versus righties. And we got servicing yep. sitting there at 5.3K. Schwarber sitting at 3.7K. Bell sitting at 3.2K. Do you have any interest in these Washington
3: bats? Yeah, I mean, the combination of just that alone, and you're going to have to pay for Soto, but getting bats under 3K in this spot. And look, it looks like the wind is supposed to be maybe coming across the field a little bit, at least by what I'm looking at right now, that, that could change. My name is not Kevin Ross, so please don't trust my weather report. I'm just sitting here looking at little graphs. So it seems like, like the wind's going to be coming across the field at 10 miles per hour, um, which, which should help <clears throat> help out the pitching. But at 3,700 and 3,200, respectively, I'm more than willing to roll the dice on Soto Schwarber and Josh Bell. More yeah. than willing.
2: Yeah, no, they're absolutely fantastic. If you want to round out your stack, like Harrison's been hitting pretty well so far this season. And Asley's a guy that generally not going to go over 90 pitches or at least much over 90 pitches. Gets a little bit wild, works the count a little bit, and so does this lineup. So there's always the chance that he doesn't end up going more than five innings in this game and you get that bullpen. So I don't mind throwing Harrison and Durant out your stack, or even Castro who grades out decently. And it's three point one K. Like you can make this chip stack pretty cheap. Even though I don't want to play righties, if you're getting Castro at three point one K and Harrison at three point three K, not the worst idea in the world. What about over on the other side? Love targeting against Leicester. Like I'm worried about the weather a little bit. We'll check. Roth will know more tomorrow, but it's only supposed to be fifty-seven degrees there. That worries me. But still, Leicester has just been. So- He's due for so much negative regression. This is a guy that's striking out guys at a 15% clip this year, 10% walk rate, not even getting ground balls like he has in the past. Like He's due for some huge negative regression. I know it's a small sample size so far, but he's not going to be a guy that sits around a 70 ISO on the season. So do you have any interest in these Cubs bats?
3: Uh, a little bit, and they're kind of in the same boat with Atlanta. These teams are expensive. Atlanta's expensive today. The Cubs are expensive today. You know, for the bats, you kind of really want I mean, you got Bryant, 55. Baez, 57. Uh, Rizzo, 51. Contreras, 5K at catcher. Uh, Ian Haps, 3,400, which is great. Nico Horner, 47. Like, these guys are expensive. I think with the combination of the weather, look, they're facing Lester, and Lester's going to get rocked at some point, and we know this. But I'm more than willing to fade the Cubs, who just, man, I just don't get them right anyway. Combined with the price, combined with the weather, I'm willing to allow these bats to sit on the shelf. And uh, if they beat me, they beat me.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of weighing on the weather. But, I mean, if I can pay up for Baez, Bryant, and Contreras, like, those are the bats I want. So, if I can make it work in this lineup, I don't know. I haven't built any lineups yet, but I'm sure there's some double stacks that will probably end up working out that way, where I can mini stack the Cubs to the expensive bats and then take a full cheap stack somewhere else. So, Bryant, Bias, Contreras, like those were the main three bats I really wanted, maybe half, um, but like, yeah, you're right. They are expensive, but Lester is just, he's due for some huge negative regression. He's listen, due,
3: Grant, he's due.
2: Yeah, there's nothing about his underlying numbers that suggests that he should be anywhere close to his 2.25 ERA. Like,
3: <laughs> well
2: over double that, like there's nothing that says any of these real life numbers are actually going to continue. So I'm right there with you yes, guys, if you haven't do. tried out Super Draft, fantastic new site, all on multipliers, no salary cap, play anyone you want and use the promo code grinders, get a free $50 plus a deposit bonus up to $500. So again, sign get signed up using that promo code grinders. We'll give our Super Draft play today at the end of the show. But get signed up. My favorite site out there. I absolutely love it. So go get on in there and get to win some money. They have a three-entry max $20 tournament. So not everyone's going to be throwing in 150 lines. You don't have to worry about that at all. So get signed up there. Get that free deposit bonus. Get that free money. And get bigger prize pools for me so that I can play more over there. But let's move on to the next game here. we got the White Sox going up against the Twins. Eight and a half over-under here. Keiko going up against Hack. This is an interesting game because like neither of these are great fantasy or yeah, great fantasy pitchers, but they don't tend to get rocked too much. Let's start off with Keichel here. 6.2K, super cheap going up against a tough Twins team. Do you have any interest in Keiko at this price tag?
3: I don't think I can do it, man. And it's got nothing to do, like you said, with, with Keichel as a person. But but even now, st- his real-life numbers are starting to look bad. Like, Keiko was a guy that typically we'd probably see around a 19% K rate and maybe like a 3.5 XFIP, maybe even a little bit lower than that from time to time. And now, in this season, Grant, he's at a 10% K rate and a 4.94% XFIP. There's no way I'm playing Dallas Keiko on this slate. Big X button.
2: Yeah, no, I'm kind of right there with you. He's really not a great fantasy pitcher. The dude's getting a ton of ground balls. Like, I don't think he's given up more than five fly balls in any game the entire season. Um, he can end up giving up some runs, but it's just going to be bad. So it's really not great for fantasy purposes. I know this team just went out and put up six runs against him last time he was out of here. So definitely doesn't work out great on the second end of playing the same team because they've already seen your stuff recently. So I'm fully out with you. What about Hap over on the other side that just really doesn't strike out anyone either?
3: Yeah, same scenario. Listen to J.A. Hap's numbers. Boy, is this similar. Uh, J.A. Hap, 14.7% K rate on the season, 5.85% XFIP, 13.5% K rate to righties. Just not giving up a lot of hard contact. But I don't care about that. 220 he's giving up a 221 iso to Roddy's average exit velocity is at 90 miles per hour feels like a spot where he could get touched up here i'm not playing jay happ
2: yeah right there with you again not a guy that gets a ton of fancy points but he's only given up three home runs on the season so i'm kind of out on the white Sox bats too i mean they're always in play as a stack and Happ doesn't strike out guys so he can get blown up a little bit but they're just not really near the top of the list for me on today's slate. There's too many other teams in good spots. I'd rather go with. I don't think I'm playing too many White Sox bats.
3: I mean, I think for me in this spot, I think I like man. I think I like both sides of this game. I, I know, and, and look, I know these guys are like real life. They're great real life pitchers but I think the low K rates with the possible power potential we get in these lineups, uh, we're going to see a whole lot of righty power here in Anderson, a Mercedes, uh, other side of the game. And I, I know we haven't gotten there. So, so sorry, but Donaldson, Pallon, Donaldson Cruz, like Garver. I, I just, I, I think, I think the white Sox for me are like the GPP stack of the day as they usually are for you, Grant. I just, I, I like the power and I know they're missing, uh, a couple of power bats like uh, Robert and um, – what was the other guy's name? Jeez, I'm drawing a blank here. But either way, I, I know they're missing a couple bats, but I'd be willing to roll the dice on them when this. later Just a GPP stack for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that at all. Again, this game was played with these two pitchers back on the 12th, I think, and they – scored 21 runs so I'm not gonna argue that <laughs> like it's gotten got an eight and a half total both these teams have over a four implied team total but it I, I just like I even if they score a bunch of runs like Keigel and Hap really don't give up a ton of home runs and that, that's kind yeah. of my problem I'd rather chase other spots where I think people are going to be on this game a little bit because Hap and Keigel have been a little bit worse this year not striking out guys and there's a team with a bunch of power but I'm expecting more of it to come from doubles and singles and bad of just hitting these guys hard because they don't strike out guys. So I'm probably off of it, but that's just me I'm not going to argue with it in tournaments, just places I'd rather end up going. If they're going to come in at almost no ownership, I might change my mind. Uh, but as of right now, I'm still expecting them to be decently
3: owned. Let's move on. Oh, next. if you think they're going to be popular, that's a, that's a different story for me. They because they're not, they're not going to be GPP viable for me. If you think they're popular?
2: I mean, they're not going to be overly popular, but people are going to see that these two guys just face each other. And then they gave up 21 runs um, just yeah. between Keiko and Happ. I think they gave up 17 runs between the two of them. But like, I think because of that and because of the decent total, like they're not going to be the shock, like the Yankees. Oh
3: yeah. Oh, we, we know who's going to be the chalk, clearly already. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, yeah, let's go to that game then Yankees going up against the Rangers. We got Lyles going up against Cole 18 or eight over under in this spot 270 favorite are the Yankees. No one's surprised about that. And I don't think too many people are betting against them. Let's start off with Garrett Cole here. Is he your top pitcher on these?
3: Absolutely. No, no way. There's no way I don't play Garrett Cole. I know bad things happen, Grant. I know he could go out and get blown up quickly. I know Texas Texas could have the best game of the season right here against Garrett Cole. It's absolutely possible. You know, anything is possible. Shout out to Kevin Garnett he just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. But I don't care. I don't. I don't – I might not lock-button bats in baseball – but I will absolutely lock button a pitcher and I'm absolutely locking Garrett Cole here. No way. I don't play him in a spot. Just, just no way.
2: I, I'm not sure if I'm going to lock button him in, um, but he is probably my top option on the entire slate. I kind of want to wait and see where ownership is. He's, he's going to be like 70% owned like he was the other night might, might be a little bit under the field, but I'll definitely have a ton of shares with me. Mean, grades out of the top overall raw points off pitcher on the entire slate. And it's, not terribly close, but there, there are things that can end up happening where if he's going to be seven percent owned, I might take my shot with Darvish, but what about on the other side? No interest in Lyles, I'm guessing? No. All right, that was easy. Uh, Yankees, Bats, full systems go?
3: Yep. All of them. I, I, so, so let me say this. If and, and most people are probably going to do this. You're going to see some crazy things, but you'd be surprised how unpopular the bottom of the order continues to be in today's MLB DFS game. And like you, and I'm not insulting anyone, but you would think the masses would have caught up by now that if a team's projected to score runs, the bottom of the order has an equal opportunity to score just as many runs as the top if they start stringing things together. And so, you know, we're going to see massive ownership at the top. I guarantee you, we'll still get some Yankees at the bottom of this order that are sub ten percent, sub eight percent, and when that happens, like that gets me really excited. And you can spread your ownership out, like some, you know, maybe you end up in a one two four six, a one three five seven, you know, a seven eight one two. Like you, you can get really creative and still uh, have Yankee stacks. And so, I think on this slate, that's probably going to be my approach. Just trying to get unique with the Yankees um, and, and play Garrett Cole.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. You're absolutely right here. I mean, Frazier probably going to be back in seventh of the lineup, 3.1k, far too cheap. Higgs is 3.4K. Like, he's a solid catcher. Um,
3: let, let me ask you this, Grant. How many people do you think just say, you know what? I'm scratching out one through five, and I'm gonna play six, seven, eight, nine in this spot. Like you might get that because they're cheap. And so I I, I understand in my mind people may decide to do something similar. But, like, when I look at this, this lineup, especially if it sets up the way we think, like Gardner, Frazier, Kyle Higashioka, and Tyler Wade, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I know the top of this order is deadly, but what if it's just not their day? What if six, seven, eight, nine carries this team to the finish line? What say ye, Greg? Just, just want to pick your brain here a second.
2: So, I mean, like, so it's – something that people don't fully realize everyone always wants to go one two three four five for their stacks pretty much every single time but yeah you have to look at the exact scenario so first of all them being the road team guaranteeing nine innings like at most you're sacrificing on average a half an at bat for the bottom of the lineup um so it it's really not that big of a difference when it's a road team and you're guaranteed a full nine innings and you wanna see teams that actually have like I'm not gonna stack the bottom of the Angels lineup with a whole bunch of guys that are almost guaranteed not to get a home run. But this is a Yankees lineup where there's power pretty much one through nine. I mean, Wade's not the best, but it's not terrible. Gardner is not the best, but he's not terrible. And they're super cheap. Frazier and Hasgawa are both decent bats that are cheap and that can absolutely do something. Well, in general, I think you take it on a case by case basis. This is a case. We're going up against a terrible pitcher with a not great bullpen behind him with guys that can actually hit a power and are underpriced. I really like what you're saying. I really like the way that you're doing things. It's honestly not the worst idea in the world to go like six, seven, eight, nine, one or six, seven, eight, one, two. Like kind of wrap it around is generally the spot, or even just alternating two, four, six, eight, one. Something like that. Like, this is a spot, like, the Yankees are always a lineup that is deadly from top to bottom every single time. And so I have no problem throwing any bat in the entire lineup into my stack. So this is a perfect spot for that, and you're absolutely right. It's something that gets overlooked far more often than it should. And then the Rangers, you're not playing anyone? Nope, not doing it. Real easy. Move on to the next one. we got Cleveland going up against Anaheim. Nine over under in this game. Angels minus 140 favor. We've got Hedges going up against Sandoval. Uh, any interest in Sam Hedges? No. All right. What about Sandoval? No. Yeah, pretty simple. Neither one of them are very good pitchers. Neither one of them are going to go that late into the game. And neither one of them have an easy matchup. Let's start off with the Cleveland Bats. Any interest in these guys going up against Sandoval?
3: I like it. I mean, you know, I mean, man, we're probably going to get, in my in my opinion, no more than three innings from Sandoval, which means he probably gets through the first inning clean. He's only going to be in there a little while. What we have to hope is that Cleveland can continue attacking. It's not like the Angels have some bullpen sent from heaven or something like that. Trust me, it's nothing like that. But I, I, I like to see runs early. So I, I like Cleveland here, I, I think. You know they can definitely, you know, produce some runs, and, and we haven't really seen Cleveland just explode like they have, you know, over history over a historical period. Um, you know, a couple guys are gone. They just—it's a different team. But I definitely think, you know, attacking with Cleveland here is another spot on this slate where you can really see some good profit potential. This is definitely probably a spot. Where if I said, hey, maybe I don't want to play the Yankees as much, um, you know, this Cleveland uh, Angels game, I think is a way to kind of get away from that and do something a little bit different. So um, I, I, I like this team a bunch, you know, top to bottom, they're facing Sandoval. They've got enough rides like Armand Rosario is 3,300. I like that. Fran Mel Reyes, 4,200. I like that. You know, Austin Hedges at catcher. Like, they've got some bats that can get it done. So, I I, I like this team.
2: Oh, yeah, and that's also the thing. Like, going up against Sandoval, yes, they may bring in a lefty after him. um, But any lefties that are in the lineup, Naylor, Bowers, either of those guys, Rosario is 3K batting fourth. Like They may only end up having one at-bat, especially if they're not in the top three of the order. They could very easily end up only having one at-bat going up against Sandoval because of his limited pitch count. So I'm not really as worried about the lefty-lefty matchup because you can get one at-bat versus the lefty out of the bullpen any given day. So I really like this Cleveland stack. I don't think they're going to be heavily owned. I think people are going to pay too much attention to the lefty-lefty matchup and Rosario and Naylor and Bowers if they're in the starting lineup. And I think that's a bad move because again, he's only going three innings, probably only going to get through the lineup once, one and a half times If he's pitching badly and he gets through more of that. That means that, Hey, they were putting up runs regardless. So I'm kind of on the page of, I like these lefties along with the righties in this lineup here. I like them pretty much one through eight, not going to argue with any of them. It's a way to do get Ramirez in your lineup. And you can still stack it out with Naylor, Bowers, Reyes, Rosario, and Ramirez the three through seven. And you're not paying a ton of money. The road teams are the guys that gonna get at bats is a perfect spot and if you want their throw hedges in there. Two point four K catcher going up against a bad pitcher is never a bad idea.
3: Yeah, for sure. And then, and then last thing too, Grant, that I will say, since we talked a little bit of strategy earlier. Now, when it comes to a team that I don't think is going to get any ownership, I don't mind being a little bit more, let's call it traditional, quote, unquote, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, you know, two, three, four, five, or one, two, three. I don't mind getting running it, you know, a little bit more consecutively when, uh, when a team's not going to be popular, because I don't have to worry about the ownership, like, you know, like, like you talked about. Jake Bowers on this slate is probably going to be 2 3% ownership, I would say. Yeah. No, no more than that. No no more than that. Josh Naylor, same thing. Fran Mill Reyes might pick up a little bit more ownership because it's Roddy Lefty, and everybody knows he's got some power. Let's say he's, what, 5%, maybe? 5 to 6%, I would say, 5 to 7 at the most, um, unless this team just happens to pick up steam as the day goes along. But uh, this would be where i get a lot more traditional uh, in my stacking.
2: Yeah. Yeah, right there with you. Uh, what about the Angels over on the other side of the team where I don't yeah, know like yeah. seven, eight, nine pitch hitters. Uh, I think
3: <laughs> gotta go.
2: Probably 80 pitches would be my guess in this one. Maybe 90, um, yeah. but he's still, he's not a great pitcher. Like what are your interests on the Angels?
3: I will say this. I don't hate Jose Iglesias. He, I, I only because I know he puts the ball in play. Doesn't strike out a lot. If guys are on base, you know, if he gets two singles and a double, like he's right there. I don't. I don't hate him, but overall, you know, I, I like the Angels. I think this is a good spot. The problem is all the bats you like are priced up. Anthony Rendon fifty, and they should be priced up. So I'm not saying they shouldn't be. But Rendon and Mike Trout, I mean, put together, I mean, you, you got to find some ways to get creative. What do you know? Justin Upton is twenty eight hundred, and that allows us to spread that ownership out a little bit more and not feel so bad. So it's almost like playing, pl- playing three, 4k players rather than a six or a five and a, and a 2,800. I'm saying if you just go by the, the averages. So that's kind of how I like to think about it. So when you got guys that are cheap like that, and I mean, it, I know Grant doesn't like the bottom, but you know, if you, if, if you end up throwing Taylor Ward in there, now you're really like spreading ownership out. You're basically paying for two big bats, two little bats. So I, I like this spot. Uh, uh, for the Angels, and uh, I mean, you know, Vegas agrees they got a projected run total right out of the gate of 4.9. I mean, they're, they're expecting them to score some runs. Looks like the wind's going to be blowing out. Uh, guess we'd have to check with Boggs to see if there's going to be a Marine layer today. Shout out my boy Boggs. But, uh, yeah, I, I like this team, and they, they should be able to put up some runs.
2: Yeah, yeah, right there with you. I mean, I, I don't mind going lefty-lefty with Walsh or Tani either. Yeah. I know that we don't have a huge sample size on edges, but like, those are two solid bats. So I'm pretty much good with anyone two through six. And if you want to throw in Glacius in, that's fine. Or even Ward just to get some price savings, that's also fine. But overall, really good set stack. Let's move on to the next game here. we got Detroit going up against Kikuchi. Mize versus Kikuchi. Uh, 155 favorite for the Mariners. Eight over under. Let's start off with Mize. Any interest in him at all?
3: Nope. Nope. <laughs>
2: Yep, right there with him. Not a great pitcher. What about Kikuchi over on the other side? Is he yes. a pitcher on the slate?
3: Yes, this is this is this is what we were talking about. At 7,800, I mean, behind uh, uh, behind Garrett Cole, he does feel like the de facto SP two, and it's not like he's had perfect games, right? But I mean, he's been serviceable outside of kind of these two little games here, one against Houston, one at Boston, and Boston's been on fire this season anyway. Uh, You know, Kikuchi's been, he's always had the heat, first of all. Uh, And so when I look at it, I I think it's a fantastic spot for him against a Detroit team that's pretty much low power, mostly low ISO team, high strikeout team. Uh, I like this spot for him Uh, 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 enormously. I like this spot for Kikuchi.
2: Yeah, he grades out as my number one pitcher on the entire slate. Kikuchi's been pretty gosh darn good so far this season. He had two rough outings versus, I think, the Dodgers and versus Houston, which, I mean, we're not going to blame anyone for having a tough matchup versus <laughs> either of those guys when they're at full strength. But guys saying at a 26% K rate on the season, and Detroit is awful. Detroit is absolutely awful. Been better in recent weeks, but still number one in the league in terms of strikeout rate versus left-handed pitching at 33.8 bottom of the league at 56 that's 20 points lower than the second worst which is cleveland wrc plus they are atrocious anyone that they end up beating up the only person i've seen the beat only lefty i've seen them actually have a decent game against was against lynch which still angry about not getting the over on his k prop it's because he was tipping his pitches and they just got single after single. Like they don't put hit for power. They have absolutely no power. There go. The next closest team is double the amount of power versus left-handed pitching in the Royals at 122 compared to Detroit at 67 ISO. If they're going to beat you up, it's going to be because of singles. And guess what? They don't walk enough and they strike out a high enough clip where it does not matter. Kikuchi is by far my favorite pitcher on this entire slate. And I can almost guarantee that I'm going to be riding up his over on his pitching prop tomorrow. Guessing it's going to come in at 5.5. Maybe 6.5 with plus 140 juice on the over tomorrow. I don't care. Either one of those, bang on the site, I will absolutely take the over on in terms of strikeouts. I have no interest in these Detroit bats. Do you?
3: Negative. No no interest at all. All right. Well, over on the other side, I have a ton of
2: interest in the Mariners. My is not a good pitcher. Are you with me?
3: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, so first of all, Kyle Seager this season, my goodness. Uh 292 ISO, 354 wOBA, 60.7% K rate, 9.2% walk rate, 50.6% fly ball rate, 52.9% hard hit rate. Incredible. Uh, He's one of my favorite bats on the slate, hands down. Like, just I'm, I'm just, I mean, I just one of my favorite bats. This is gonna be fantastic to get some Cal Cal Seeger double dong action on this slate grant hot take of the day, but overall love Seattle. I think they're gonna be be a really good stack for us.
2: Yeah, no, they're my favorite stack on the entire slate. Like I don't think they're gonna come in at that much ownership. Mize has not been good versus the lefties pretty much all season long. You got Pelnick. Hitting lead off. You got Seeger at 4.5k right there with you. Marvelous might be in the lineup there. He's not a great bat, but he's not a terrible bat. Mize isn't really a guy that strikes out lefties or righties at that high of a um clip. Gives up a lot of hard contact to lefties, decent match to righties, not a huge fly ball guy. Um, but still but, but not but a Grant, over-
3: That line drive rate's at 30%. Like we're gonna see some frozen ropes out of this part. Like it's it's inevitable. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. No, Mize is just not a good pitcher, and the bullpen behind him really isn't great either. Again, point per dollar, the Mariners are my favorite stack on the slate. It's yeah. just like every, the only two guys over 4K are Hanager and Seager. Most of these guys are sitting around two seven two eight. So target the lefties and then throw in Haniger, throw in Kyle Lewis, and you've got a super cheap stack on on this slate that's probably going to beat up mys really well can hit some bombs I absolutely love the Mariners I may go all in on them tomorrow which I don't generally do too much with stacks but when I find one that I really like I do it and I'll wait and see what ownership's at if they're going to be low on they I'm, I'm just going 100%
3: probably it's, it's
2: that simple like yeah, Mariners Mariners Mariners
3: yeah I like the Mariners I'm with you brother I am uh, with you Nice. All right. Let's move
2: on to the next game here. We got the Rockies going up against the Padres. No total for it yet. We got John Gray going up against you, Darvish. Let's start off with Gray here, 7.5k. I'm guessing he's a guy that you have a bit of interest in. He's been all right, he's been really good so far this season, at least in his uh, overall numbers, his underlying numbers, maybe do some negative regression, but pitching away from cores, although he is playing a very tough Padres lineup. Is Gray one of the 7K guys that you're interested in?
3: Yeah, for sure. Gray, Gray's definitely in the mix as well. I mean, you know, at this price, I mean, how can you not be interested? He's 7,500. Um, I, I I like him here. You know, when you look at, like you said, when you look at his numbers on the season, I mean, he's not blowing anybody away, right? It's, it's not that. But 22.9% K rate, 4.39x field. I, I expect anytime I play a pitcher, I expect them to give up at least one run. Like, that's what I expect. Maybe two. Um, you know, for for my aces. And then with these guys, he might give up three runs and still be fine. You know, like if 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 the if the stuff is there for this late, he could still be fine. Now look, uh, he's gonna be facing a real good team. And and he's not striking out lefties very much, but he's destroying righties at a 31 and percent clip. Guess what? He's gonna see a lot of righties today. A lot of, and it's not, not like he's not going to get any lefties. I'm not saying that. But when you look at it, I mean, he's got Manny Machado, Pham, Nola. I mean, I, I like it here. I think this is a good spot for him.
2: Yeah. And Graham, I mean, he destroys varieties because he's a fastball slider guy mostly. Like, he'll throw his curve a little bit, but he pitches in core. So he definitely stays away from that. He's got to change it, but it's not fantastic. This is a guy that was very, very good prospect for a while. And like, He's still got all right stuff. He just pitches in course so his number's away from course That slider is deadly. So, Listen, the lineup, yeah. In the lineup,
3: I'd love to get John Gray in Atlanta. I'd love to. It, it'd be great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of teams that would actually like to have John Gray. Just too bad for the fantasy that he plays over in Colorado. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll wait and see what this lineup is. But, likely, like, the lefties in the lineup are going to be, like, oh grading like – Cronenworth and Grisham are solid lefties. Those are the only two good ones. So wait and see what the lineup is, but I think I like Gray regardless. I think he's behind Kikuchi and Freed for me, but he's still a guy that's solidly in play. If he's going to be drastically less owned than those other two guys, then I'm willing to willing to go with him. I mean, he's sitting at 4.4x with pitching most of his games over in Coors. He's sitting at 2.3 ERA with playing most – of or 2.9 ERA with most of his games over in Coors, so – I'm a big fan of him. What about over on the other side? You talked about loving Garrett Cole on this slate. I think that a decent tournament pivot is you, Darvish. This Rockies lineup is not good. Darvish has been fantastic pretty much all season long. Been sitting right around the 30s, uh, upper 20s, and almost every single game outside of that game at Coors where he only went 76 pitches and the first game versus Arizona. So he's not the worst pivot off of Cole. You talked about locking in Cole. Darvish is 700 cheaper, probably going to come in at third, the ownership has probably close to the same matchup. Like, I think Darvish is the tournament pivot from Cole if Cole is going to come in at ridiculously high ownership.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, you know, look, if I don't play Kakuchi and Cole, I'm just going to try to get them both. And guess what? It's absolutely possible. Wait a minute. I clicked on Walker Bueller. Sorry, not playing. I'm not worried about Walker Bueller. It's absolutely possible, you know, and, and one of the ways we're going to do it, we talked about it. It's so easy. We're just going to make sure that we get Seattle in our lineups. It's what we're going to do to try to get the big payoff. Maybe you throw in these cheap guys from Washington. I mean, like we talked. I know we already talked about it, but Josh Bell is like 3,200, right? I mean yeah. that—that's ridiculous. What, what are we doing? So I just—I think that's—that's that's the way I'm going to go um, because Cole and Darvish together could legitimately score seventy points. I mean, I just—I just want people to think about that. Like they could legitimately score seventy points on, on a on a baseball slate. If yeah, your I bats,
2: I think their median projection is going to be close to sixty.
3: Like I mean, it's, it's just median. Yeah, so I think if you can get both of these guys in and feel comfortable, clearly, I'm not trying to tell you what to do or not to do, but if you can get those guys in and feel comfortable, I think you're going to be fine. I mean, we talked about some of these cheap bats, Justin, up to that 2,800. Like, there's ways for you to get in what you want and still feel really good. So, for me, uh, Cole and Darvish are equal. I give the slight lean to Cole, but I'm going to try to get them both.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. If I'm stacking up Seattle, one hundred percent, then it's pretty much going to lead to automatically having to throw in Cole and Darvish unless I pay for some high price bats. Uh, but what about the bats? Any interest in the Rockies at all?
3: That's going to be a negative. No interest in the Rockies. Yep, same
2: here. What about the uh, Padres? Gray's a solid real life pitcher, but this Padres lineup lineup is dangerous.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not as interested in the Padres. Like, I think they're just one-offs for me. It is probably the lefties, Cronenworth, um, uh, Trent Grisham. That's probably where I'm at. I mean, because righties, he's he's mowing them down. So just some lefty one-off action at most.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you, Grisham, Cronenworth. Pretty much it for me.
3: All right, let's move on to the last
2: game of the night here. we got Arizona going up against the Dodgers. Seven and a half over under here. Bueller going up against Bumgarner. Dodgers, 195 favorite. Let's start off with Bumgarner, whose underlying numbers are worse than his real-life numbers, but he's been putting up solid outings recently. Any interest in him at 8.5K going up against a very tough Dodgers team?
3: I wish you guys could see my face right now. I'm not playing Bumgarner today. And look, I know he's found a temporary fountain of youth. I I understand what's happening here. So, you know, I know what's happening. Seven innings, six innings. I mean, fantastic against Miami. Just, I mean, man, seven innings, nine Ks, 84 pitches too. Probably could have got through eight. I'm not not trusting. I'm staying away from Madison Bumgarner on this slate with a 10-foot pole. I'm not doing it against the Dodgers.
2: Yep, right there with you. What about Bueller over on the other side? You swapping off to him, outside of Darvish and Cole, or using Cole and Bueller at all? I mean, he's been solid. He's gotten over eight Ks in each of his last four starts after the little bit of a slow start. His his uh, control has been absolutely fantastic. This Diamondbacks team really isn't great. Uh, do you have any interest in Bueller at all?
3: Uh, I mean, I like it. I do think I'm going to lean more Darvish and Cole. But Bueller, I mean, he's he, he's starting to kind of get in a groove here. I know he had a rough start to the season. I'm not holding that against him. I actually expect every pitcher, Grant, to have a rough start to the season because they got to get in a groove. You know, they got to feel it out. Get, you know, get get the juices flowing, get the mojo rolling. So, you know, I don't mind it when you look at Bueller's numbers on the season. You know, while while he may not be right there with some of these other guys, 27.6% K rate, 3.32 xFIP. Pretty good to me. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, ground ball rated a plus 40% to both sides of the plate. Uh, you know, give up a little bit more power to lefties, but uh, in terms of ISO, but in terms of hard hit percentage, he's only at 34%. He's a little bit higher against righties. Granted, smaller sample size probably only pitched about what four or five games in now for him. So, you know, there are factors into it, and I know I've already kind of skipped the 2021 just because I want to see trends and kind of see where we at now, but overall, man, this guy is still a fantastic pitcher. Uh, if you play Bueller and Cole or Bueller and, um, and uh, Darvish. you, Darvish, I'm not going to feel bad about it at all. All three are extremely quality pitchers.
2: Yeah, no, I'm kind of right there with you. I think Bueller's number three for me. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, Bueller is just slightly behind Darvish and yep. he's gotten a little bit unlucky like we haven't seen him put up a 30 point outing but he's given up at least two runs at each of his last five and his underlying numbers really don't really don't point towards him being a guy that's any worse at giving up runs than darvish uh so i have no problem with him in tournaments what about these arizona bats any interest in them at all nope right there with you what about the the dodgers i mean me and you are both against Bumgarner. i don't mind him as uh as a potential tournament stack here. I mean, Will Smith, Turner, Mookie are all expensive, but they're all super solid bats. The lefties are cheap, but not really guys I want to play versus Bumgarner. But I think a little mini stack of the righties in this spot is not the worst idea in the world.
3: Yeah, I think for me, if I'm stacking the Dodgers, I'm definitely playing Kikuchi at SP 2 like that's just what I have in my head. Like that's how, that's how I'm gonna get one of these bigger stacks. Is taking you know, Cole and one of the one of the, one of the more expensive stacks like Atlanta, like you know, a couple of the bats from the Cubs, like the Dodgers. And so I guess you know, for me, when I think about it, at the end of the day, do I feel comfortable enough doing that and hoping that my bats really get there, or do I want to take my safety with you, uh, Darvish and uh, and Garrett Cole and just kind of accept my you know, let's say 60 to 70 points at that. I think we can kind of agree 60 to 70 points. If they both hit 40, we're at 80. Like, I think I'd rather take my pitcher floor and get some really good cheap stacks against bad pitching.
2: Yep. Yep. Right there with you. Um, let's get the morning grind game. we will give our super draft play of the day and we'll get on out of here. Let's start off pitcher under 8K to get seven more
3: strikeouts. Oh, God. So easy. Uh, his Kakuchi. I mean not yeah, it's it's just Kikuchi, man. I just I don't I think it's inevitable. He's the guy.
2: Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, but I'll take Max Freed just as my secondary option. Um yeah. pitcher over 8k to score under 15 points. Who you got?
3: Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> yep,
2: that is the correct answer. I'm gonna go with Tehan Walker. Yep, uh, that's
3: the next best answer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, I can't remember this game. Um, over 4K to hit home run.
3: Well, th- this is my favorite uh, bat on the slate, by the way. I think I said that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Seeger. And I'm not talking about Corey. I'm talking about Mr. Seeger out there in Seattle. Kyle should have a fantastic day. I want my favorite bat on the slate, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was going to be my guy. But I guess I'll go ahead and take Fran Reyes. Favorite bat under 4K to get two or more hits. Who got
3: uh i'm gonna go with josh bell i i just think these backs from he's too cheap for this spot
2: all right i'm gonna go with Marmolos for seattle yeah. um favorite stack to put up five or more or six or more runs i can't remember the exact number but favorite stack on the slate
3: um well my favorite stack is gonna be a cheap stack, and you know ironically it's probably gonna be seattle yep right because everybody else has still got, like, these expensive pieces. I will kind of give you guys a bonus. I do think my bonus cheap stack kind of sort is probably Washington because they've got, like, Harrison and Bell and Castro. You know, we can kind of get creative with some of those bats. And then, God, Grant, I don't I don't want – you give out your cheap stack and I'm going to give one more bonus because I want people to remember this information at the end of the show.
2: I mean, my top stack on the entire slate is Seattle. I've said it multiple times here. Yeah. But- an overlook stack is going to be Chicago. Um, I know they're expensive, but, like, I'm going to be double stacking Seattle with the big bats from Chicago, a decent amount. What was your bonus yeah. stack?
3: My bonus is the bottom of this Yankees order. The bottom. Because they're going to be cheap. The, Frazers, uh, the uh, the Brett Gardner, which Gardner might be a little bit more popular because he's probably be, going to be in the six hole and cheap, and they'll use that as a way to play the big bats. But Higashioka, like th- this cheap bottom-of-the-order Yankee stack, man, is my sneaky big-time call of the day. Nice.
2: I like it. Uh, any betting lines that stand out to you?
3: Uh, nothing crazy. I guess I would say just in terms of, of an open – I think this twin Sox game goes over because you, you know how I feel about these pitches today. Weather seems to be pretty good. I think I take the over on eight and a half.
2: No, well, they more than doubled that last time they played, so I like that call there. I'm going to go with the Mariners minus one fifty-five. Again, super high on them in this spot. Really like them. I think they win this one easily. All right, let's get our super draft play of the day, and then we can get on out here. You got one ready to roll, or do you want me to rip
3: them off? And you go ahead to see you're, you're the super draft specialist and I, I will, I will follow suit behind you.
2: All right. So it's real simple. Uh, you stack up the Mariners with the high multipliers. Al is sitting at 1.75. Klonick is sitting at 1.75. Uh, Marmolos is sitting at 1.6. Moore's in there; he's at 1.6, but then you can throw in Corey Seeger or Mitch Hanger at 1.25 or 1.35. They're my favorite stack on the entire slate and, is probably my favorite bat on the entire slate at
3: 1.75x. Yeah, man. I mean, I think you about nailed it there, buddy. I was trying to find like a picture. Give me a second, because I wanna, and I'm sorry about this, folks. I'm not trying to prolong this podcast. My uh Kikuchi has 2x. You just take them. <laughs> you just take them. Like, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing? Uh, he's for sure uh, the play at pitcher. My my uh, my thing here was just just kept spinning. Okay, here we go, Grant. Sorry about that. not t- I don't know. It's it's acting up for me. But anyway, it's Kikuchi at two X.
2: Yeah, that's what I figured. Just you don't you can never have too many Seattle players in your lineup on today's slate. Over on SuperDraft, so guys can get signed up. Use the promo code Grinders get the free deposit bonus, that free money, and get to win in some money and gain those GBPs larger for me. Will, thanks for joining me. Stevie will be back, I believe, tomorrow. I'm going to be in sunny California working on my tan. But it's been fun, Will. Any last minute thoughts on the site before we get on out of here?
3: Negative, man. Gave it all to him in the pod. See you at the top of the leaderboards.
2: Nice. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We're out of here.
3: See you, kids.